today, we've got a couple elite Amazon sellers who do millions a year on Amazon. And they're going to talk about not just their wins, but also they're going to get honest about their losses over the last year and give us some of their top strategies. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Not sure on what main image you should choose from, or maybe you don't know whether buyers would be interested in your product at a certain price point. Perhaps you want feedback on your new brand or company logo. Get instant and detailed market feedback from actual Amazon Prime members by using Helium 10 Audience. Just enter in your poll or questions, and within a short period of time, 50 to 100 or even more Amazon buyers will give you detailed feedback on what resonates with them the most. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash audience. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Series Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got two serious sellers here, two elite se sellers who are no stranger to the uh, podcast. We've had them on here before. Andrew and we, how's it going? Going good. Going good. Excellent. Now, let me give you guys, uh, we're not going to go too much into their backstory because they've been on the podcast before. So if you want to get Andrew's backstory, guys, go to episode 319. I believe you can do that at h10.me forward slash 319. But it was an episode where we had uh, Andrew and his brother on uh, talking about their their journey as brothers uh, starting an Amazon business. And we has been on a couple of times. The last time we was on was episode 305. Uh, it, he did an episode with Ankeet. They talked about, you know, together uh achieving over 20 million dollars in sales between the uh the two of them and his original backstory episode was i believe let's see 190 so if you want to find out Wee's superhero origin story make make sure to check out episode 190 but we're not going to go like i said too much into the backstory today because we just want to see what these guys have have been up to so first of all uh andrew um you know this is the first time i'm talking to you in depth in, in 2023 how did you, how did your 2022 end? What what was your your wins and losses and and what like how did, how did your sales do? So in 2021, I'm looking at your original episode. I believe either you or you and your brother did about 1.6 million total. Uh, was that just you or yeah. was that you and your brother together? So that was just me. Um, okay. I can't remember what my brother did that year, but yeah, that was just me uh, that year uh, for 2022. Um, yeah, for all through 2022. Uh, I did really good. I think I was, I think my goal was to get 3 million. I thought I was going to get 3 million in 2022, but I only uh, ended up at 2.4. Uh, oh, still, yeah, you suck. That's terrible. You know. <laughs> like, 2.4 million. What the heck? You know, I still got to have goals, you know, but yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, some of that was, I, I think, coming off of COVID when everything started to open back up again. A lot of my stuff is industrial supplies, so things you could get at Home Depot or Lowe's. Um, so I feel like more people went to you know get that online there, and then I also got some more competitors that took a little bit of market share. So I think a little bit of combination of of those two things. Um, okay. But for twenty twenty three, everything looks good. I'm I'm forty uh, percent uh, year over year, according to Helium Ten. So that's that's good. So kind of okay. starting off twenty twenty three pretty good and what were you telling me like when, when we were um we were just chatting here before before we got started you just saw an order go through your fba for 250 units of one one product 
Yes, 250 units of I I like pulled up helium 10. I saw a huge like spike. I'm like, oh, what was that? And just going through and 250 units of one <laughs> one product. Is, is that normal? Like, that, do you have a product that that people buy in bulk a, a lot, or or this is just like has never ever happened before? Um, sometimes I get bulk orders, so I have I'll sell like individual units, and then I'll sell like case packs of like you know 150 of those units, or like a hundred pack of uh, of those units. On this one, I, I don't have a case pack like that. Um, but yeah, sometimes I do get bigger orders. Um, but not I, I would say not very often, maybe like once a month or something. Okay, interesting, interesting. Uh, we, uh, I, I, I forgot what you were at in 2021. Uh, I think you were around like four or five million or, or, or so. Or what, what was your 2021, two years ago? Um, yeah, we were around that, that mark. But um, and, and how was last year? Up or down? I can say uh, last year was down. So you know, I'll be okay. one of those uh, guests on your on your uh, your podcast that will share kind of like the downs. Uh, you know, I, I like that. <laughs> we always keep it real here. You know, not every. I, I tell Amazon's not rainbows and unicorns. Uh, every three hundred sixty five days a year. So so was it down? Just you know, due to market? Did you did you like you know maybe lose a little focus and and, and concentrate on some other things or just the natural cycle of your products? What do you think happened? Yeah, so we sell in the supplements uh, category, and um, one of the uh, big things that ha- happened for us is uh, during COVID, right? A lot of things, uh, you know, weren't available, um, supply chain issues as well. So we did over order significantly, um, just because I think that everybody was just we had problems, um, you know, with supply chain. We had our manufacturers put out really long lead times, and on top of that, I think that the biggest thing was, you know, like if people weren't used to ordering online then now everybody was ordering online, right? So you saw a lot of national brands, a lot of uh, big uh, big brands that are out there. They shifted a lot of their revenue dollars from retail directly into online. And then, mm. you know, you, you started to see as well, Amazon um, make a significant push into advertising as well, uh, into search advertising. And you can see, you know, like if you look at their financials, um, it became a massive part of their business. So uh, a few years back, people didn't really look at Amazon as being, uh, you know, a leader in the online advertising space. But you saw a lot of brands that were, you know, that had just added Amazon as a channel, uh, or weren't necessarily concentrating on Amazon as a channel, uh, start to focus more on Amazon and start to push more of their marketing dollars towards that. And so, you know, like small businesses uh, such as ourselves. Um, you know, we've been on Amazon for about 10, 11 plus years, uh, and we've had the luxury of not having a tremendous amount of competition come in from, you know, some of the more traditional brands. People were focusing on it. They knew that they had some, uh, you know, they knew they had customers there. But then that, I think that a lot of people started to push much heavy, much more heavily into Amazon mm-hmm. because they knew that's where their customers were buying. And yeah. um, and so, yeah, like a lot of people, a lot of the brands that we were competing against, uh, drop prices, um, you know, the cost of advertising became significantly higher and there was just much more competition. We're already in a competitive space to begin with. So I think that, you know, we've been uh, playing uh, catch up. We're not a low cost leader and we generally uh, don't want to play in that game. We're on the higher end. Um, and so I think that it's difficult sometimes when we look at our, you know, our cost per click and just our, uh, you know, cost to acquire a customer it's difficult to play that game in the long run is just lose continuous amounts of uh, money in the advertising space, competing with 
larger brands that just push more sales volume and have outside uh, advertising. And you know, for them, it you know, it's it might be more cost effective to acquire that first sale and just push for a higher, you know, just to maintain a brand relevance within Amazon. So I think that a combination of that, and then we've also had a few logistical issues uh, that have kind of uh, taken us on a downward path, but we're on our way to turning that around now. Okay. Now, 2022 versus 2021, if you were to put a dollar amount on how much you were down, like, were you down a million? Were you down less than a million, more than a million year over year? Um, yeah, I would say we were down over a million. It's tough to admit that, okay. but you know, it's a it's no, no. A, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, the, 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 this is this is why I want to dive into that now. Yeah. As a business owner, what did you have to like? How how do you uh, you know? Because that happens probably more times than people are up a million. Uh, you know, are people down a million? You just don't hear about it uh, that much because people are too shy to come on podcasts. And like, we is like, hey, he's putting it all out there, but. How do you deal with that? Like, did, did you have, do you have to uh, cut back on other costs? Like, like, does, do you have to lay off staff at all? Or, or how does some, how does a, how does a business keep going after, you know, losing that kind of gross revenue? Yeah, I think I'm used to, I've, I've worked with a lot of startups uh, in the past. You know, it's been great for us for 10 plus years on Amazon. We've been on an upward trajectory, but, um, and it, it's not similar. This is the longest I've ever done something. I'll put it that way. So I'm used to, uh, you know, doing other businesses. I'm entrepreneurial mindset, jumping around, doing a lot of different things. So I'm used to the ups and the downs, but it's one of those things as an operator, um, you just have to be calm, have to take a look at, you know, the things that you can control and things that you can't control and focus on what you can control. I know it's very cliche to say that, but a lot of it came down to looking at operating costs, uh, operating efficiency and trying to figure out, you know, what changes can you make in the business? in order to operate at a more comfortable margin. Uh, we don't, we didn't do any fundraising, so we're completely, you know, bootstrapped, I would say from, from the beginning, but, um, we didn't lay off any staff necessarily. We just, um, um, I think the biggest thing was just looking at all the different, uh, platforms that we pay for all the different apps that we pay for. Um, we used to use a couple of the different, different three PLs and we didn't really, we always wanted to get away from using three PLs just because we didn't have full control and, a lot of times the 3PLs didn't work out, uh, you, you know, they made a lot of mistakes and errors. So we took that opportunity to um, move a lot of our fulfillment in-house. And now that would seem like the opposite where it might be more cost effective to use a 3PL. But in our case, uh, we just crunched some of the numbers and found it more effective to control more of our operating processes. So really a lot okay. of it was like trimming the fat, cost cutting, cutting out a lot of apps that we weren't using. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we were we were using everything and not that we were using it efficiently. We had just been operating like that for such a long time. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So 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 that's that's good. That's important for everybody to, to hear. That's why I was especially excited to have you back on the on the podcast is is it's important to understand that, hey, you know, in a perfect world. Sure. Everybody just keeps going up and up and just, you know, have all the subscriptions and all the overhead that 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 you want and and you'll still stay profitable but but there there's ups and downs on amazon you got to be able to pivot you know um it's not like you just set up we're just gonna go ahead and pack up shop we, we lost money or we, we didn't make as much money as the previous year uh let's shut down our business no you look at where you can you know save some money and and, and make adjustments so that, that's really good that you guys did that now back to you andrew i remember in the or i don't remember that's a lie i'm looking at my notes from the last episode my memory is bad but you had said that 
you know, you found your very first product that you sold on Amazon, like using black box. And then mm-hmm. at two years ago, you had, you know, from that very first product, you had expanded to about 16 different SKUs. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are you at now uh, about? So I'm at about, I think like 53 now. Um, it's, it's really just four main product types and then there's different like color and size variations. Um, and all in the same, all in the same brand and, and niche. Yeah. Yeah. All in the same brand, all in the same, you know, not the same category, but you know, you would use these products are all like industrial products, um, that you'd use. Okay. So, yep. Now, uh, what, what's been your strategy, you know, to increase, you know, uh, I would say, like I said, more people are probably down that I talked to are, are, were down last year, uh, mm-hmm. compared to the previous year, but, but you were up. So is it just because you kept launching new products or you had some of your legacy products also, uh, still have been increasing? Yeah, I would say a lot of the growth for me is just launching new products. If I looked at my existing product line from uh, 2021 to now, it's probably per unit, it's probably gone down a little bit um, just because of, yeah, COVID was over, uh, more competitors in the space now. So a lot of that was from, yeah, coming out with new product lines. Um, okay. so. now, now, one thing that I think a lot of Amazon sellers have a question of is, you know, sometimes you, you can get, you, you can, you can become, you know, top in your, your space or you're the, the first person in your space to really provide something. But then how, how do you protect yourself from just a lot of competitors, you know, be it from China, be it from other countries where there's a lot of manufacturing, you know, going in and undercutting you and trying to steal your market. But like, how do you stay relevant? Like, how do you stay at the top where you're not losing your market share to, to up and comers who just look at what you're doing and then just try and duplicate it and, and make it cheaper or, or do so. So how, how have you battled uh, against that? Like, is it differentiation? Is it, is it unique marketing you think you're doing or what's going on? Um, that is, that is the battle, it, it, especially in the stuff that I offer because it's not, you know, IP protected or anything like that. Um, it's having, you know, it, I try to have the best creative. I try to have, you know, I, I love PPC and, and, online ad stuff. So I'm always in there, uh, trying to maximize the potential for, uh, PPC. Um, you know, try to just have the best listing. That's, that's all I can kind of do. And then, um, lately I've been just in this year, I've started to talk to, I have some other friends that are in different businesses and stuff. And, um, I have a local like distributor that might be interested in, in, you know, either some of my products or having me source products for them. So now I'm kind of looking into, you know, possibly doing that, which would be, you know, it wouldn't be on Amazon, but it would be another kind of side source of income that uh, would help. Okay. Now that, that 2.6 million you mentioned, is that all on Amazon USA or uh, are these, yeah. you know, is there Walmart yep. in there or Amazon uh, Canada there, or anything else? Walmart. I think Walmart was like, I sold like 20,000 on Walmart last year. So it's kind of like, uh, whatever, <laughs> but okay. hopefully I, I think that's doing better this year, but I, I haven't checked the numbers on that. Now, now we, I remember before, um, you, you have ridiculous experience as far as marketplaces from, from Japan to all over the world. So, uh, have you, are you, are you still expanding or have you consolidated like to try and, uh, you know, just focus on certain marketplaces or, or what's your strategy been the last couple of years? Yeah. I mean, we were selling in UK and all around Europe. Um, we were selling in China and, you know, tried Japan as well. 
And I'll be honest, um, we're consolidating back down to the US. And mm. part, part of that is that our product is not universal, meaning that I can't just take a US product and put it into uh, the UK or Germany or Japan. And in the heavily regulated space, we need uh, different labels. There's a lot of compliance regulations that we need to go through. So logistically, we just made the decision that we needed to um, slim down on some of the things that we were doing, even though that we were making some revenue, uh, you know, in those in those uh, other countries. But I think that just you know, with the cost of compliance and um, you know, producing unique products for those markets, it was you know, an easier decision for us to focus on the U.S. market. You know, we expanded yeah. outside of Amazon. We're selling on Walmart um, and we're selling a lot more direct as well. And that's kind of been our focus is really, you know, going back to grassroots as a DTC company, um, you know, focusing on how we can actually drive and build uh, customer loyalty through our own website. Okay. Now, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the L's you took last year. What, what's some W's? Uh, what, what's something unexpected that happened or something that you actually did expect and it actually worked out exactly as you, you had planned, like a product launch or some marketing campaign okay. or, or something? Yeah, I think um, a big W for us was that we increased our subscription revenue. And, um, you know, we've always been pretty focused on, um, you know, retaining customers and customer retention. So on average, um, our subscription revenue has gone up on Amazon, our subscription percentage and just, uh, you know, LTV in terms of Amazon subscribe and save has gone up. And then also looking at our own website, you know, a lot more of that has, uh, you know, improved as well. And I think that, you know, most of that is kind of focused on uh, us not being like the loss leader in our product category, us focusing on providing a more premium product also working with a lot of affiliates and our affiliates are not just like internet marketers and uh, you know, your typical influencers, but we have a lot of affiliate partners that are actually doctors and healthcare professionals. So when they find a product that works well for them, um, you know, they continue to order from us or recommend our products. And that's reflected a lot in our reviews uh, online. So we know that a lot of like providers that are out there, um, you know, they don't want to stock a lot of product. They'll just tell people which products to go buy. And they know that, you know, a lot of people right now are just going out and looking on Amazon, looking online to buy those products. So we'll offer them a, a discount code or affiliate commission uh, for them to give to their customers to just go out and order. And we do see that reflected in our reviews where a lot of our products are like, my doctor recommended this to me or, uh, you know, my healthcare provider recommended this, this to me and it's worked great. So I think that's a big W for us is that, you know, just increasing our subscription revenue, but uh, we do suffer on net new because, um, you know, with PPC and just uh, trying to get people for the first time, sometimes they'll go and look at other products that are much cheaper than ours. So we do require a lot of education up front. And, um, you know, we've been doing a lot more of that externally. Do you have like inserts or, or QR codes where you, you can capture some of that Amazon? Um, well, what's your strategy there? The, the Amazon customers where, you know, you might not be able to market directly to them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've used insert cards for, you know, I can I can't remember when we first started it, but it's been many years since we use insert cards and we've tried a variety of different things from free product offers, um, you know, to uh, eBooks and a lot of different things. But um, now we're switch, we've switched over um, in the past year or so to using QR codes and just labels instead of uh, insert cards. And part of that is also, it's just to streamline our packaging a little bit more. Um, but with the QR codes, you're able to dynamically uh, change the link 
Um, and it's just easier. Everyone's so used to just being able to scan a QR code now just with COVID and, you know, going into restaurants and yep, scanning menus. Yep. So um, we are doing that. We're trying a variety of different things. We're trying to provide you know, educational content uh, as well as different offers. Uh, obviously, the educational content uh, doesn't resonate or not doesn't resonate as well, but doesn't perform as well as offering a big discount or a free product. Um, so, you know, we're continually testing, but the good news is that uh, we do have the resources on the back end to kind of swap those offers out. And since we own all of our yeah. own fulfillment, um, you know, we can make changes on the fly anytime. Now you've, um, you know, you've sold tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of units, I'm sure with, with QR codes and things. Have you ever had anyone flagged by Amazon or, or gotten slap on the wrist of any kind of insert card or QR code? Uh, no, we haven't. And I think that okay. the main reason why we haven't is that we're not doing any of those tricks where yep. we're asking people for five-star reviews. We're not putting any five-star imagery on there. We're not asking for reviews, um, um, you know, before somebody claims an offer. And I think that that's important where, you know, people have a variety of different opinions about insert cards and, and things like that. It's just, it's really like, um, you know, you have to uh, kind of take a look at it from the customer perspective and Amazon's perspective. If you make a universal offer, like this is part of your brand and you don't treat, continue to treat yourself like just an Amazon brand, then I think that you're going to be okay. And then, you know, just obviously review everything that Amazon's doing and don't do the things that they tell you specifically not to do. And then you'll be okay. What, what would you say is your take rate now on, on getting, you know, I'm assuming it's, you're trying to get the email address or something like for compared to the, the orders, you know, is it 1%, 5%, you know, 10% of people are scanning and, and opting in? Yeah, I would say depending on the offer, um, you know, we were before we were, when we were doing the insert cards, um, we had, a, we were getting about a 10% take rate. So, you know, it's definitely good enough. But one of the things that to consider for my business is different than other people's business is that, um, you know, a lot of our revenue, probably 40% plus, uh, is subscribe and save. So you're not going to get people continually coming oh, yeah, through, yeah. right? So, sure. um, you know, it does vary from time to time, but I think that, you know, obviously 10% is great. We were happy when we were getting it. And I think that, you know, that should be something that, um, I hope, I hope that's uh, what other people are getting. Yeah. And then w which one is performing? You mentioned you, you, you've tried a lot of different things, whether it's the education or, or, you, you do you do ever, ever, ever any like I don't know you can't really have a lifetime warranty on supplements or something but but what's what's your best copy uh, uh, that gives you the best opt-in rates? Um, I think that you know giving a product offer or a complimentary gift uh, that's always performed well and I think just naturally people want something for free. Um, but we do offer a, a lifetime warranty on our supplements, so if anybody's not happy with it at any time, they can always just return it. Oh, okay. So it's, and that's just another point as well, right? So if somebody's thinking about this and they may have purchased like a three pack or a six pack or something like that, um, anytime somebody asks for a, a refund or lets us know that they're not happy, then we're happy to oblige by that. The majority of yeah. people do not. So it's, it's really something that we don't find too, uh, too much liability in providing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that anytime you can offer a complimentary product, uh, a discount, um, it's going to depend by category, the educational content. Yes. We get a lot of people to come through for that as well, but it clearly doesn't perform as well as, you know, providing an offer. Okay. 
All right, back to Andrew now. Um, you know, you saw We There is, is giving us some good strategies there. So, what's some unique strategies that you've been using? I remember the last episode, you you were kind of tight lipped uh, 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 about it, but you know, we don't have to. You don't have to give all your secrets away. But what's some unique things that you think you're doing um, that has been the secret of your some of the secrets of your success? Um, I've really like as far as like the Amazon PPC is concerned. Like, I take full advantage of the sponsored display video ads, all the sponsored, you know, brand video, like the video headline ads. Um, I really like, let's talk about, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, what's your strategy? Like, like, how do you, you know, it's not just a matter of, Oh, let me just turn this on and boom, I'm going to be rich. I'm sure you have some kind of specific, to a certain extent it is like, there's a lot of people (laughs) that, a lot of people that don't use them. Um, but I, uh, as far as like what some of my strategies are like for a sponsored display video, you know, maybe I'll create 10 different ads and some of them. Yeah, let people, people know about what sponsored display video is. Cause I think, you know, a lot of people know the sponsored brand video sponsored display video was something I believe launched sometime last year. So, you know, people know regular sponsored display ads is just, you know, some of those ads that came near or show up near the buy box on, on product pages. But what is sponsored display video for those who might not have heard of that? From from what I understand, it is it's it's basically this. It takes up the same you know it takes the same placements as the sponsored display, but it's instead of just a, a solid picture, it's it's a video, and you can put different videos, different um, headlines, uh, you know, little captions and stuff on there. So you can really experiment with different stuff. And if if I'm targeting one sort of complimentary product, I'll put a different video and, and a few different headlines in there and test them and see which one's going to do best. And then if I'm targeting another type of complimentary product, it'll be a different video. So just getting really granular in that, in that stuff. How do you choose your targets? Like, are you only looking at, you know, ASINs, your auto campaign discover, or are you going and, and, and like using black box or even just looking on Amazon using extra or something to find like, you know, targets that you think, Oh, like, I think, I think I would do well on this page. Uh, what, what's your strategy there? Um, I do use the, like the black box, like the product targeting for the frequently bought together and uh, things like that. And then brand analytics has like the, the market basket or something, or it's mm-hmm. shows the, you know, people who bought this also who bought your product also bought this. Um, there's one of my products that uh, it's an industrial product, but I found that uh, people are buying it for like birthday parties too. And so it's just like really random. So now I'm having like, I'm creating content that's like, has that product in it, but it's like in birthday parties <laughs> for like birthday parties for kids, you know? So uh, I don't know. So that's, um, that's some of the ways I can. And that's I can, the thing that's important to, that's important to, 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 to call out like the, Sometimes your product will will get relevant for the most random thing. Like I'm taking over this one account um, recently that I'm trying to do some case studies on, and one of the main products on there was I think it's like an oil diffuser or some or something like that. And if you look in brand analytics or search for your performance and even Cerebro, for some reason there's just tons of like sexual product related keywords that this thing is not just showing up for, but is converting for. And, and for the life of me. I actually kind of don't want to know why, you know, like I don't want to think about it too much. Like why in the world are, are, are people buying it for this keyword? But Hey, the data is there, you know, like you would have never thought I would have never thought like oil, you know, essential oil difference. Like, what does this have to do with <laughs> X, Y, Z keyword that I can't even mention on air, 
but it's like, hey, double down on it. It's it's people are use products in different ways, and you might not probably never thought an industrial product would be used in birthday parties. But if you see the data, you got to double yeah. double down on it. That's that's what, cool. what kind of a funny story. When I was helping my brother at the very beginning, when we were getting him started, he was looking through different products, and he's like, I found this rope. And it was like, but he looked at the reviews and it was like, this rope is being used for like, (laughs) you know, for adult purposes. And it was like, you know, the rope was like pink and purple and, you know, stuff like that. And everyone was saying how soft the rope was. And I was like, oh, I I see what you're, I see what you're, what, what this is used for. So anyway, yeah, like he ended up not selling that. That's not his product, but. Okay. All right. Well, what else? We, we kind of diverted here a little bit from here, yeah. your PPC uh, strategy, but, but um, what else are you doing in, in PPC as unique? Uh, trying to do, I'm, I'm experimenting with different stuff of trying to bring traffic um, from off Amazon on Amazon. So, uh, you know, Google ads is like Google and Bing ads. Um, been playing with that, been playing with uh, like display ads more on Google. Um, I'm finding, you know, you can get, you can drive traffic pretty with pretty cheap, you know, click or uh, uh, cost per click. And I'm just trying to see if that, you know, if I get rewarded for that or if my rank changes, um, anything like that. So that's, that's kind of what I've been doing. And then um, lately I've been trying to, I've, I've been a one man show for a long time and uh, I have an assistant now who is doing great and I'm looking to just get more of a team set up. So, I'm not like constantly, um, you know, bearing all the load here because I'm. I, that's that's definitely something I, I need some some yep. help with because I have a really hard time like letting go of some of this stuff. Delegating. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think a lot of us uh, definitely have that issue. We actually have a opportunity in a couple of weeks. You know, we have our elite workshop, and and we is going to be on this new thing that we're trying to a, a panel where people can ask. You know, I, I like providing forums where people can just ask each other questions because sometimes people get shy, whether it's online or in person, it's like they have a question, but they're like, oh, I don't want to ask, uh, or, or they, they're kind of shy to raise their hand or something. So we try and provide those opportunities. So, so we has graciously, uh, agreed to be one, uh, one of our first panel members, uh, ask a, ask a seller, anything, uh, panel that we're going to have. Yeah. Are you coming out, Andrew, to the elite workshop? I don't think I'm going to be at the elite one. I'm going to the, uh, billion dollar seller summit though. So I'll be, Okay. A little bit after that. Cool. That'll be your second one, right? Yeah. 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 First one was, yes, yes. was awesome. I'm really excited for the Puerto Rico one. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there too. So if anybody wants to get more information on the billion dollar seller, so I'm at h10.me forward slash B D S S I, I believe is the link. Um, we, any last, uh, tips and strategies, you know, like something like a 30 or 60 second tip that you can, you can give the uh, audience. So a lot of people have been talking about ChatGPT and all these different AI tools that, you know, there's hundreds of different tools coming out every single day, probably more. And I think that there's a lot of noise out there and people are trying to figure out how to use it. Um, they're trying to figure out how to use it for themselves and how to possibly replace jobs that they're doing or their team's already doing. I think that probably the biggest tip that I can provide is um, allow and encourage every single person on your team to actually use it. Because, you know, if you're using it from the top level as a business owner, you may see uh, different things than somebody who's using it in their everyday life as, you know, working, uh, you know, on your business. And we've done that as well. So anybody from customer service to operations to marketing, everybody's been using it and improving processes. 
uh, kind of like the own process that, that we're working on. And then those processes are adopted across our entire business. So everybody becomes more productive um, as opposed to just kind of one person uh, and, you know, thinking about all the processes within your business. The other thing is, um, you know, along those lines is that you don't always trust information that you get from ChatGPT. I find that more oftentimes it's actually more inaccurate than it is accurate when, when mm-hmm. providing information. Um, I know that pre- it doesn't have access to the internet currently, unless you have a GPT plus, um, you are able to use different extensions to go in there um, to give it access to the internet, but just be very careful with the content that you're putting out there um, or, you know, do your research, play around and figure out how to incorporate into your business for yourself. Yeah. I like that. I like it. Uh, Andrew, what about you? A couple, couple tips. Um, yeah. Uh, just touching on that, that chat GPT, like AI thing. I've kind of noticed the same thing. I've, I've caught, you know, chat GPT just making stuff up or like lying. And I, I kind of looked into it. They call it hallucinations that, you know, it's like, Oh, chat GPT makes up these hallucinations. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so be careful with that. Um, one thing I've been trying to do, I've been watching uh, uh, Exit Ticket on uh, Helium 10 and um, just trying to learn more like financially because I, I do think at the end of this year, I want to sell one of my brands. Um, I do have kind of a credit card hack. Um, on American Express, they have a credit card called the Plum Card, and I never really gave it the time of day in the past, but it allows you to basically have, instead of, you know, you have to pay 30 days after your statement, you can wait up to 60 days after your statement. So it gives you like more cash flow. It gives you like an extra month to pay. So that's just kind of something people can go check out. All you have to do is make the minimum payment by the first, by 30 days after the statement. And then you can pay the rest off, you know, another 30 days after that. So I put like shipments on it and stuff where I can get, you know, basically just an extra 30 days of, of like credit. And, uh, the only, the only downside is if you wait the full, the full, like 60 days, you don't get any credit card points, which I love getting credit card points. That kind of stinks, but, um, you do get, if you pay it off normally, you get like 1.5% cash back, which is pretty like standard. But yeah, if you want an extra 30 days to pay stuff off, uh, the plum card from American express. Yeah, that's a good tip. All right, cool. I haven't heard of that. Um, I'll just add on to that as well. In addition to the plum card, because um, I was also looking into that, there's a card called Parker. So Parker gives you net 60 as well. And then you can combine. So you can combine that. Like, uh, you know, this is for people that need funding for operations, inventory, or whatever it is, giving you that extra 30 days. Um, there's also the other hack that probably a lot of people have talked about before is that, you know, if you need to pay a supplier with a credit card, um, but they only allow you to use a check, then you can use uh, something like plastic to do that. They do charge yep. a small fee on that, but I think that in combination with just net 60 days on the credit card, you know, allows you a little bit of breathing room. Yeah. Could I've, used, I've used that uh, a lot of times. <laughs> could also be dangerous if you, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> put yourself in a yeah. Make sure you're keeping track, you know, always you get hit with a huge yeah. bill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. point. Yeah, I, I do that a little bit because of just, you know, funds and also, you know, some travel hacking. So I can, if I got a bonus for points on a certain month or something, then that's why I, I, I go every 50 episodes to the Maldives on my credit card points and stuff. So yeah, Plastic uh, uh, is definitely something that I think is great. All right, guys. Well, uh, 
Andrew, I'll be seeing you in a few weeks at Billion Dollar Seller Summit. We, I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks uh, here at uh, our headquarters. If anybody else is interested to go, just reach out to customer service. Uh, even if you're not a Helium 10 Elite member, you can actually pay to go, but it's 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 pretty expensive. Like like it's, a, I think we charge like six or seven hundred dollars for something to attend. Uh, but elite members can go for free. Um, and then uh, the night before, so so guys, the night before the elite workshop, we are doing a um, a social event, like a little party. At Dave and Buster's. Did, did you ever go, uh, we, to any of our Dave and Buster events that we did way back in the day? I did. I went to probably the inaugural one where we used to be called like FBA High Rollers or something like that. Yep. Yep. So yep. That, that, I do that, remember that, yeah, that big room and all those gold balloons with Manny and Gee. It was a good time, yep. actually. And that's, um, you know, those events, actually, I, I met a lot of people from those events that I continue to uh, talk with and just DM. There's a lot of conversations that don't happen in the Helium 10 Elite group, like Enki and I. I didn't meet him at that event, but I'm just saying that, like, you know, there are a lot of conversations that happen, uh, you know, once you build a relationship with somebody. And that's a great place yep. because, you know, there's so many people that yep. have different backgrounds, different stories, and um, just great place to have conversations. All right, guys. Yeah, so so May 24th, save the date for that. Um, if, uh, if you want to go to that one, that's not just for elite members. You know, anybody can go to that one. So reach out to customer service if you don't know of the... Um, you don't have the uh, link or actually I'll make a link right now. Uh, just go to h10.me forward slash Irvine, I-R-V-I-N-E, h10.me forward slash Irvine. That's that's where it's going to be at and and be some uh, nostalgic times there because, yeah, that was my first ever Helium 10 party too was at the Dave and Buster's there in the Irvine spectrum. So we're trying to bring it back to the old school. So uh, I'll be seeing you there uh, at those events, we and, and Andrew again in Puerto Rico. So Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's great to, to hear about both the wins and the losses, you know, that you have had and, and that you guys are definitely both successful Amazon sellers. And I know you're an inspiration to a lot of people listening out there. So thanks a lot. And we'll look forward to having you both on at some time next year as well.